Returning champion. Ah, cracked open a cold one. She's not drinking, or is she? Well, it's smart water. Let's, we'll look it's it vodka. It's vodka. Perfect. Um, so you're the first person to crack the code. God bless you. You'll usually have people like, my favorite movie, it's Gone with the Wind or The Godfather. And I'm just like, <laughs> oh, we're not watching that. You picked a movie that's 30 minutes long called Kung Fury. So first and foremost, oh yeah, there's a, did you ignore all the pop-ups on that? I did ignore all the pop-ups. <laughs> they just come at you. It's like, hey, how, who's, hey, hey, you're, there's a security alert. People are, I'm sure old people are like, oh my God, get it, get it. <laughs> I have the virus. <laughs> I, got, I got the corona on my computer. My computer has the rona. <laughs> has the rona, damn it, Gina. <laughs> so why'd you pick this movie besides it only being 30 minutes? Um, besides him only being 30 minutes, which is really fucking brilliant on my part, mm -hmm. but um, it is possibly the worst and best movie at the same time. It's like the dumbest thing you'll ever see in your life, and it's also hilarious, and it's so stupid, and I love it. It's just great. All right, I'm down. Uh, I mean, the dumbest, greatest movie I've ever seen is Tiptoes. I haven't seen it. You know, does he know what it's about? No. So it has an all-star cast, Matthew McConaughey. Mm -hmm. Pete Beckinsale, mm -hmm. Gary Oldman, uh, the um, angry um, little person from Elf. Who's that guy? Tyrion Lannister, I believe, is his name. Is that his name? Probably. No, I, that's his Game of Thrones name. It's Game of Thrones, yeah, the guy from Game of Thrones. Yeah. yeah, he's in it. And what it's about is, first of all, it opens up a little aggressive. Matthew McConaughey and Kate Beckinsale are together. And um, she wants to be a little more intimate with him. And he's like, I gotta go. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> I'm a fireman. <laughs> I'm busy. And the whole point of the movie is, is that, well, uh, Matthew McConaughey's parents are little people. And he doesn't want to tell her about his, and this is from the movie, his little surprise. However, Hi. she gets pregnant. And now comes the challenge. Will they have a regular size baby? Then, a couple of times in that movie, they drop the M-bomb, like it's no big deal, just dropping midgets left and right. Boop, 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 boop. And then Matt McConaughey has to be like, hey, we don't like being called that. Uh, it's horrible. Gary Oldman played a little person, so he walked around on his knees for the whole movie. <laughs> I appreciate you telling me about it, Patricia. I'm definitely not gonna watch it. <laughs> Patricia Arquette's in it, that's good, come on. She's like a medium, isn't she? I think she's just a, I think they prefer psychic. I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> gypsy. They prefer gypsy. And they like gypsies. They want to read your fortune in the airport. <laughs> a question for you, just because mm -hmm. you understand these things. Uh, and let's, when this is, this goes into a, a plug for you. So, you know, take it with what it's worth. I would like that. What happens randomly, all of a sudden, this show is very popular in the Ukraine and, and, and Moscow. And I don't know why. Have you ever gotten an article at your publication, your esteemed publication that you can tell us about and where to find it and then how to subscribe and all that? Or a yeah. random set of downloads or click-throughs. You're like, why are people all of a sudden interested in this? Yeah, and you know, um, so you've noticed some trends in yours and we've noticed um, random trends in Germany and Brazil are kind of our outliers. But bra Brazil. Yeah, Brazil, Brazil. Yeah, Brazil. <laughs> Um, yeah, I know it's so random when that happens and there's not like a source. It's sometimes it's like not like a specific person shared. It's just something that they're interested in. I don't know. 
Yeah, I'm just like, oh, well, all right, Russia. I mean, <laughs> thought you were interested in another white guy over here, but this one goes out to you, Putin. <laughs> hey, hey, Putin. Hey, You're welcome on anytime, as long as you don't talk. Imagine it's just him on and I'm just berating him with questions for two hours and he's like, I'd just like to, if I could just, and then, and then at the end, the movie's done. I'm like, well, I gotta go. It's time's up. Yeah, that's my time. You know, the typical politician didn't answer one fucking question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a dream that I did that to Trump, that somehow I got him to do this podcast and I just kept just asking question after question and he would try to answer and I would just mute him. And he would think he was answering. And really, I was just talking. And then when it looked like I wasn't talking and listening, I was playing myself asking more questions. <laughs> just yelling, why won't you answer? Why? <laughs> You're a bully. I am. You're a bully. Kind of. All right, we are. So tell us about uh, where can people find you, your publication, yeah. all these good things. Yes, um, all the good things. So uh, theamericangenius.com is national news for entrepreneurs. And anybody who uh, works at a place is uh, good to go to read. Um, there's subscription pop-ups, so it's just going to make you subscribe anyways. Um, but we also operate events in Austin, which is where we're headquartered. Uh, one is Big Ass Social Happy Hour, which is a monthly networking event, which will someday come back when the run is gone. Mm -hmm. And uh, Austin Digital Jobs, which offers jobs mostly for tech and mark on people. And we have quarterly events for that. And all that's dead right now. So just and news. you got remote jobs, which is very popular now. All of yes, a sudden, have... I'm getting calls because I've only worked remotely, really, right? And so, <laughs> so it'd be like people are like, look at my resume. Like, oh, you worked with someone in China. We're local. Sorry. I'm like, oh, whatever. And now everyone's just, so you've worked remotely before? You know how to do it? Yeah. Can <laughs> you tell us how to do it? <laughs> yeah. That's the other thing. They're like, we'd like to hire you. And also, can you like write a script kind of like what people should do for the day? And I was like, yeah, I mean, I get, I don't know, weird, but yeah, yeah. you guys are fucking weirdos. I hate people. Yeah, we've been remote for a little over a decade. So yeah. this is, has not changed a whole lot for us, honestly, because we're also not very social people. And we, ho we host big events. So like that takes a lot of energy to like prep for and go to and like I'm an introvert. And so is my husband, Ben, who founded our company. And so our batteries just... So yeah, now. it can. It's, you know, it's, there's, there's a lot, there's enough cool shit going on in the world that, um, you know, people need to, uh, by cool shit, I mean, figuring out how to put a mask on. It's just cool shit. You know, <laughs> let's, let's focus. <laughs> the remote thing should be the least of everyone's concerns. If you don't trust the people who are, who are working for you, then I don't know why you hired them. Yeah. You know what? We've been saying that. I've, we've written about that a bit too and gotten kind of some shitty hate mail about it. But if you can't trust your hiring process, then you're the problem, not the people. Oh, and that reminds me, I'll just put it out there in the universe. Guess who opened up a venture capital firm in Austin? Uh, Matthew and McConaughey. I, and I only bring this up because there's a perfect tie-in to Big Ass Social Happy Hour. The founder uh, is it, of Is Big it Matthew Ass McConaughey? No. Hold on. Is it uh, Matthew McConaughey? Is it, um, is it um, Kate Beckinsdale? Is Close. it Tyrion Lannister from Game of Thrones? Looks closer to him than Matthew McConaughey for sure. Okay, no, I don't know who. The founder of Big Ass Fans. Oh, really? It's called Unorthodox Ventures. The reason I know about it, they were looking for a marketing person. Um, and I chatted with one of their people um, about some stuff. But Unorthodox Ventures, yeah. He opened up a VC firm here. 
uh, helping out small, medium-sized businesses and, you know, all this other jazz, but he's the founder yeah. of Big Ass Fans. You've got Big Ass Social Happy Hour. That's a lot of, but that's so many big asses in one spot. Oh, we'll Big asses and allies. You don't have to have a big ass, but you, right. you can be an ally. Yeah. You can be an ally. But yeah, I, was, I, I thought of that. I was like, oh, that, he's here now. Well, you should know about this. I should know about that. Should know. I, I read it down. On the LinkedIn. We're connected yeah. on LinkedIn, too. I don't know why. I've heard there's a, there's a thing called LinkedIn now that the kids are using. And, uh, and old people who, uh, who, who want to stay away from Facebook commentary, like me. One person. One person writes one thing on LinkedIn political, and just, there's like 30,000 comments. You put that shit over on Facebook right now. Get it out of here. Go on now. And I'm one of those people, I get really mad. I'm like, look, I'm not here for this. This is like my <laughs> workspace. Can we please just keep it neutral? This is my safe place, please. My safe place. I just want to talk about statistics here, okay, guys? Please, come on. Let's 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 let the let's manipulate numbers so that we can all lie, please. Yes. That's correct. All right, let's hit play. We're ten, I'm ten seconds in on this. Okay. Do I hit play and then tell it to shut up, or what do I do? I don't remember because last time we did it in person. And yeah, just just, um, just hit play, and if some noise comes on um, on the player at the uh, bottom left-hand corner there's the play button and there's a little back 10 seconds and then there's a little thing you can click on that'll turn that'll mute it a little uh um, sound. a little sound hold on hold on um, we may have to edit this part out i don't know but it keeps anytime i click on play it's like pushing me into yeah. like weird yeah. things it won't let me play yeah you got to keep deleting those you do it about four or five times okay because yeah. i was going to say I, oh yeah you're right five was the magic number and for um anyone listening in we're literally torrenting a movie that. Yeah, it is 1985. Um, is this a game or is this a movie? Yes. Yes. It's a movie. Oh, stop right now. Come on. Oh my gosh, I can't get it to work. I'm going to though, you keep watching. All right, because I'll just tell you where I'm at when you start getting it to work. Because uh, I'm, I'm only 30 seconds in and they've already flipped a cop car over with a skateboard yeah. and blew it up. Yeah. And they've got a unicorn <laughs> fighting. Uh, this is just so uh, I like how that when you lose in this game, it says fuck you. And these kids have mullets. Good for them. I mean, that's, yes. I am. It's, it's actually coming alive. The game is this is it's like if someone did mushrooms and <laughs> love Transformers, but was also Joe Rogan yeah this would I think this you would, nailed it this is whoa so i mean i'm wondering how much cocaine was consumed uh as they made this movie <laughs> there had to be a ton it's so good it's so good well um your son how is uh how's he doing now that there's no um basketball um so it's my nephew and he's oh, really nephew, struggling um because ball is life as you know and so that's yeah. been very hard and all the kids two other nieces and nephews started high school and they don't get to go be the small kids at school yet and it's hard on everyone um and our youngest child is at ou and she's not going back for the fall i don't think because she just you know none of the kids there feel like they're getting what they paid for yeah and okay i think i got it but it's gonna play an ad no be quiet oh my goodness this okay, guy I turned jumped that. off a building and landed in a lamborghini and this video game is going to kill a puppy this is insane i would really like to be high when watching this yeah I, that works. a decent I mean, 
six to eight milligrams of mushrooms high, like just lower spinning. You don't really know what's happening. Okay, what's the time count? What time count are you at? Because I, I just have am, it on YouTube. I am at two minutes and 30 seconds, 31, 32, 33, and so on. He is, he's, I mean, he's fighting a video game. This is amazing. I just can't believe they put all this together. I mean, there's like, so what else are we going to do? Well, I need the video game. To, you can't kill a dog, obviously, because this is America. Um, you know, it's just, what the, they're fighting. Well, I need to tell you, I'm not going to ruin anything that's going on. But yeah. for anyone who hasn't seen this movie, it's got everything. They. Literally. You've already said some of it, but there's going to, um, we're going to meet Hitler in a little while. There's going to be dinosaurs. There's going to be time travel. Like it's so much. So I know it's only 30 minutes and we're watching it for the podcast, but you're going to want to watch it. You're going to want to watch this. With sound. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is insane. We've got ninjas, we've got flips, we have cops running. Uh, this is like, this is like every genre. So let me ask you, do you believe in time travel? Um, no, uh, well, I don't know. I, I think that it should be theoretical, theoretically possible because I uh -huh. don't think time is linear. I think we experience linear time. Like, for example, if you're a religious person, they say God created earth in seven days. Well, that's not literal. That's not, that's God time. God time could be like one day is a, you know, eight trillion years. <laughs> the second day is 80 trillion years. Like, I don't know. Does time even exist? It's a construct. It's a construct we created, right? So we could do things. Yeah. Do you think time travel currently exists? Yeah, I do. That's oh. why I think things keep, that's why I think we have such violent swings and things and uh, why it, why there's not a greater impact when we forget. So yeah. remember a year ago, what was the, what was the big push? Like how horrible was fucking planet earth? You fucking, there were, there were, there were straws everywhere and they're pulling them out of turtles noses. Like, oh, that poor fucking turtle. We got to get rid of straws. Like, this is how soft life became in America. Yeah. That our number that was one our was, was straws. And we didn't even care that Starbucks, the plastic lids created more plastic and yeah. hurt the earth more than the straws. And that's just learning how to throw straws away in the proper place. Like <laughs> instead of us, this is the most, this is the most amazing thing about humanity. Instead of us learning how to throw something away or just do something different, mm -hmm. we will change a whole financial infrastructure. Yes. And require people to do things completely different. Love the splits when uh, the tanker explodes. Sir, you are a G among Gs. I hope that that's still on fire as you wrap it around your, yes, your face. Uh-huh, definitely. However, he's got product in his hair and that's gonna catch on fire. If we've no. learned one thing from a bad Pepsi commercial, we've learned that product- <laughs> oh, Too soon, bro, too no, soon. It's not too soon, it's never too soon. Jeez. This is 1985. This is right about when Michael Jackson, um, his hair caught on fire. Fair enough. <laughs> so I'm, I'm being relative to the time frame in which uh, wow. the movie is said to be shot with their Lamborghini Countach cruising around. So yeah, no, so I think, I mean, I think time, tr Triceratops cop, you know. Triceratops. Oh my God. This is like Wolf Cop. Have you seen Wolf Cop? A great film. Yeah, this is definitely better than Wolf Cop. Well, yeah, I would hope so. Or worse. Would, I mean... <laughs> Which is, that, which is probably better, right? It's like, if it's worse, it's, it's better. Yeah. Did you have a, um, so did you have a boom box as a kid growing up? 
So um, the first one I got was in the 90s. I didn't have like the carry around, but remember when CDs first came out, mm -hmm. um, I did finally get a boombox from my parents. And the first CD I saved up for, um, I went to the Best Buy over here at Lakeline because I grew up in Austin and I bought Candlebox. And I just thought that I was like the baddest asses because we weren't allowed to listen to rap and we mm -hmm. weren't allowed to listen to country, which of course now I listen to like mostly rap and country, but like... <laughs> Or mostly rap and like EDM and stuff. But um, yeah, it was like the only thing that I knew I would be allowed to listen to out loud that I liked because my dad loves rock, but like hates everything else. And so I kind of had a boom box, but it wasn't like the cool one in the movie that was like the 80s where you walk around. It was like you put it in your room and put it at low volume because your parents will scream at you if they can hear it. How about you? Did you have a boom box? I didn't because batteries. Batteries are fucking expensive. And those yeah. boom boxes took like beer can size batteries just a ton of them so i just yeah i i had a little tape player that took like uh three d batteries and i'd carry that around thought i was pretty cool because i could record yeah. from it and uh, play music but it was also i mean it was super small yeah oh my god remember when we used to like request music on the radio and like yeah. hear it record really quickly and make our own mixtapes yeah I wanted, I wanted to do that with, um, and they have, they have the service now, but back in the day, I wanted to do that. Uh, I wanted to, one of my startup ideas was um, call it was mixtape, where it's just you buy 12 songs on Apple and then you send them over to that person. But it was, this was years ago and, oh, there's Hitler. Hey, buddy. And he's on a cell phone and he just shot someone through the cell phone. That is, he's shooting a lot of people through the phone. He's shooting all the cops through the phone, and that's not cool, Hitler. Well, also, I mean, what what kind of phone is this? This obviously not AT and T, because they can't get a signal anywhere. <laughs> Sick burn, AT and T. Take it. You don't sponsor this podcast anyway. Fuck off. Sponsored by anyone but AT and T. Sponsored by people that can allow phones to connect. Here's the. Hackerman is the best character. You've seen this GIF before of Hackerman, mm -hmm. and this is where it comes from. So that's the main reason people need to watch Kung Fury, so they understand the GIF of Hackerman. Hacker Man. They see. Mm -hmm. I um, I felt like Hackerman one day, so we went to this place to go play basketball, mm -hmm. and we have you know we pay monthly, all of us do, and then um, we have access to this gym. We go to this right. gym, and it was all locked up, but they had a keypad on the side, so I Googled master access code for keypad x y and z and it worked no shit opened right up the alarm turned off turned the lights on hey, wow when you're setting up a entrance to uh, your home or business and you're going to use a keypad instead of keys one thing you might want to do is remove the factory installed you know, all access, or you Google all access code for police to enter. Oh, you need to stop like giving this kind of <laughs> advice. The, but but P.S. I don't know if you've noticed in the movie yet. Um, Hitler is being played by uh, Jorma Tacone, who is one third of the Lonely Island Band with Andy oh, Samberg. Yes, and I love that Hitler's played by a Jew, or at least that his parents were Jewish. I'm not sure if he's Jewish, but uh, Jewish adjacent, and so that makes me really happy that <laughs> Hitler's played by him. <laughs> I think that should be a, a touring folk band in Germany. 
Jewish adjacent. Jewish adjacent. <laughs> They're just out. They've got banjos, you know, yeah. maybe a little bucket. They just they kind of do their thing. So you asked about time travel, and we're getting yeah. to part right now. They're talking about it, and he needs to, like, because Hitler's shooting people through the phone. Uh-oh. He's put on his gloves, and guess what? He's hacking time. Do you remember those gloves? Um, I didn't get to be a part of this. No, I'm not cool. The video game, I, I didn't get one, but um, mm -hmm. I remember seeing them, how cool it was. And look at that, those computers. Oh, yeah. He's going to jump on a computer keyboard to, mm -hmm. and they got to work on, uh, I guess what I would say is the technology surrounding why they could time travel. Uh, no. Not one to judge, but, and also let's work on the fake typing because his fingers are just, um, that's part of the beauty, but hold on. You're about yeah. to hack time. Are you sure? Are you sure? Yes or no? Are you sure? Yes. The cop says yes. So where do you want to go? If you're going to time travel, where are you going? Two um, spots. I gotta, you got to go to two spots. You only get to do it once. You don't get to come back. Um, I would like to go back like a gajillion years so that I know the creation answer. And then probably to like, um, um, maybe like 2004, um, no, 2009. I want to go to 2009 because Bitcoin's very young and I can buy a shit ton of it and then go uh, hang on to it and know that I need to sell it in December of 2017, <laughs> right before everything crashes. Yeah. Hey, uh, I want to go back, yeah, 2008, 2009. I want to take my next three paychecks and just buy Bitcoin. Yeah. It's like a dollar a piece, right? Just yeah. buy. Thousands of bitcoins, and then I want to come back, like I said, to December 2017. I want to sell, and then I want to drive in front of Jeff Bezos's house, going, "Don't you wish you had this much money?" Ha 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 ha! I'm gonna buy Amazon. Ha 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 ha! The evil laugh is very helpful. Well, that's, I've worked on that a lot. I'm a really good impressionist and uh, really good at evil laughs. Uh, it's yeah. a lot of voiceover work that comes my way because of it. Also, remote work. So this is just what you do. Yes. I can yeah. tell. Okay, so we're traveling in time. And uh, for anyone tuning in, what's our time mark? We're at 1225, 1226. Yep. There's open the floor, get on the floor. Everybody watch the dinosaur. There's Whoa. a dinosaur. That dinosaur shoots lasers? Yeah, and he jacked up the time machine. So, uh oh, what's Kung Fury going to do? I don't understand in all of the technology and everything that's happening, he still has fingerless gloves. Yeah, that's, did, that's his fetish. Did you ever, uh, were you ever big? Oh, geez, look at this lady with her dog. Um, were you ever in the driving gloves phase? Or you ever think you'll get into it? Like as you get older? No, like, were you? Have you? Gloves, and then just no, I like, to, I like to feel the wheel. Do you have uh, driving loafers that you like to wear on long road trips? You slip those little driving shoes on? No, on long road trips, I literally go, I uh, put on cruise control and take my shoes off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just, I just drove to Oklahoma City and back this last weekend and uh, it takes like five and a half, six hours and yeah, no shoes, just cruise control. Are you a loafer guy? You're a loafer guy, aren't no, you? No, I have loafers. I had them from when I was younger and I thought they were cool. No, I think lo loafers are great. Not for me, but like, I think guy loafers are cool. Mm -hmm. um, but no, I don't, I don't think driving requires anything special until like you own like a Lamborghini or something, or maybe a Ferrari, but even like a Porsche doesn't require fancy shoes or gloves. I think it's like, once you get to like the supercar status, maybe. 
I think so. My my boss, it's funny, he doesn't have the gloves or the um or the the shoes or an outfit per se, but uh he has a beautiful stretch Bentley. Gorgeous. And the other day I flew out to California for some work. <laughs> kind of standing there on the side and I'm in some, you know, I don't know, prestige worldwide t-shirt and I've got the <laughs> fucking mask on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've got a duffel bag. I'm just I look like an asshole. And uh, so typically, it wasn't like a trash bag filled with your shit. Like should have been because yeah. he came to pick me up. And so I, I see someone like, you know, just, just standing there hanging out. And this gal comes up and I'm like, Oh, excuse me. And she's like, eh, excuse you. It was just typical Newport beach. And then sees me, you know, John comes out, opens up the doors to the Bentley and he's like, here, just put it in here. And she's like, have a good day. <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah. None of this shit is mine. I don't know why you assume. Um, my new favorite, uh, I, it happened, uh, an insult that I like using now that's really mean and really rude, but mm -hmm. I used it once when I was panicking. Somebody was rude to me in H-E-B and it told her to go eat diarrhea. And so that's my new, just like, for anybody who's shitty, it's just like, go eat diarrhea. Because they don't know how to process it because it's not like a normal insult. And so they're yeah. like, what? Huh? And by the time they're figuring out what you said, you're already like gone and you got the last word. So I like that. Diarrhea. Go eat diarrhea. Yeah. That's Don't teach Harper that one because that would empower her too much. You think so? Yeah. She told me the other day we were hanging out. Uh, Harper is my daughter. As most people know, she sings at the beginning and the end of this podcast. She starts it off with I pooped a big one and then sings about pooping as well. <laughs> um, oh, look, he gave that girl his phone number. That's so sweet. And whatever the fuck that is that plugs in i like how he gave her something that plugs in the 65 channel capacity there's our plug-in so i got a lot of stuff going on here revolutionary. Uh, it's revolutionary if you put that on anything what in as a journalist and you especially the last couple of years there have been a lot of words and a lot of things happening that um probably shouldn't happen and some people, then the hype machine comes along and then you, you know, you get a ton of press releases, I'm sure from people, uh, you know, oh, yeah, hundreds. what are, what are some of your new words that you, you love to hate? Um, well, first of all, if somebody says, dear sir or madam, I'm not going to read it. Um, second of all, anything. Are you assuming, are you assuming the dear sir or madam is it's like, this is from Nigeria and no, yeah. I'm not going to cash this check for you. Yes. It's awful. Dear Sarah Ramon. Um, also anything that says revolutionary or innovative, like just picture stuff. Like it's not, you're not solving global warming. Okay. Just. Do you think it's interesting when they, if they compare it to another successful company, they're like, we're like this, but different. And you're like, either you're fucking like them or you're you, you can't be like yeah. them. Yeah, I mean, well, I, so, okay, I don't, like, as a consumer, I don't like when they're like, we're the Netflix of toothbrushes or whatever, right? Like, yeah. who cares? But as, um, but as, like, a reporter that runs a news organization, sometimes I'm like, okay, that gives me, like, a starting point of, like, the structure that you're looking to position. Like, it, it does tell me a lot. Like, we're not going to promote that line. Mm -hmm. uh, most organizations will, though. Like, most organizations will literally just, like, take that talking point and that's like their title, that's the body, it's like all of it. But yeah, I mean, just be what you're gonna be. And you know, each business like contributes to something, right? And mm -hmm. you can say that, you can be proud of that, but you don't have to act like you're saving the fucking world. I mean, you're not this guy going back in time to confront Hitler. 
No, no, I'm not. And I wouldn't. If I'm going back in time, I'm going to, like you said, you know, we're going back, we're buying some Bitcoin. I'm getting yeah. that done. And um, I don't know. I don't know where else I would go back to. Uh, I guess. I don't know. I also think that um, I, I think some of the romanticized um, villains of time, like King Henry VIII, I'd love mm -hmm. to know how like all that really went down. Like, obviously a lot of it made sense like to the culture of the time. So it's easy for us to look back and be like, whoa, you're a monster. Well, I mean, a lot of that behavior was normalized back then. Yeah. But, like did all of it really kind of happen in, in such a cold way or was it iterative or I don't know, like some of the like villains that we villainize today was it really that big of a deal in their time. Yeah. It's interesting. Right. And especially in the world we're at now, cancel culture. Someone did something 20 years ago, we're really mad at them, maybe even 50 years ago, 100 years ago. But then you start going back farther when yeah. really bad shit happened. Not saying the other things weren't bad, just saying when really, really bad shit was happening. Yeah. And we're not canceling that culture. Yeah. So why? Like, I don't, I understand removing monuments, if you will, to you know, Southern soldiers that, are, that were assholes, right? Yeah. I 1,000% get that. Yes, please get it done. But this, idea of you know not understanding that part of history as well like well we also we don't read books about that we just don't talk about that anymore seems kind yeah, of you can't whitewash it and i don't yeah. mean like white the race i just mean like erasing something that happened yeah i don't know i mean i'll tell you um you know i was uh my parents split when i was very young and i was raised by my dad and mm -hmm. Um, my dad is one of those, um, and if he listens, this is said with love, but like one of those like feral people that's ready for the end of the world. Like mm -hmm. he can, like, he's a badass, like Kung Fury. He's like the Kung Fury in my life. And body surfing Nazis to get, to, yeah, get, to rip their heads off. Definitely. He, um, is 63 and goes to an MMA gym. He's a real actual badass, like a very actual badass. But he was such a like straightforward person. And um, my brother and I were treated like twins. We're very close in age. And um, we were, my dad was selling his Mitsubishi something galant. I think that's what it was. It was a galant. And uh, we were in the parking lot at Brody Oaks in front of the Toys R Us. And again, I grew up in Austin, so this is all normal. I was, I think I was like eight and my brother was seven. And um, it was an Asian gentleman looking at it, and I don't know what his descent was, but we just thought it was hilarious that he was Asian. And <laughs> as children do, we were in the back behind the car making Asian eyes, and we just thought we were the funniest things ever. And oh. I don't know how my dad saw us, but he busted us, and all I heard was, sir, I'm very sorry, I'm gonna have to take my children home. If you're still interested um, and you wanna do a test drive, we can arrange it later, but I have to take my kids. And so we're like, oh, that was short. That's cool. And so we started coming around the cars and he literally like grabbed both of us and shoved us up against the car. And he was like, you think you're fucking funny? You think you're hilarious? You're the one that looks stupid. You probably look like a fat fucking frog face to him and like shoved his face to where it was like the opposite of Asian eyes to where it was like chubby face, right? And we we're like, whoa, what's happening? And he was like, you are no better than anybody else. And you don't ever make fun of somebody, especially for something they were born with, just because you don't understand it and you're too stupid to get it. And we were like, whoa, no. And so it was one of those, get in the back seat of the car. You're not allowed to talk on the way home. And he was pissed off at us. This was in the late eighties, right? Yeah. So I guess dad was pretty woke, but he, uh, what he taught us that day and through several different lessons was that 
we're not better than anybody. And yeah. what that accidentally taught us was not only are we not better than anybody, maybe no one's better than anybody. Maybe we're all just garbage people. And um, I learned early on not really to be intimidated by anybody um, because we all have insecurities. We're all garbage people. We are, most people that have some level of intelligence have imposter syndrome. And we all know at some point, somebody's going to realize what a piece of shit we are. And like, <laughs> we're just like hoping that day doesn't come. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that, um, you know, with everything that's going on in the world and that don't worry, Triceracops is here to try to take out Hitler. Um, but with everything that's going on in the world, that's something that we've tried to teach our children too, which is you're not better than anybody. It doesn't matter what you look like, what your station is nothing. And that's something that we operate our business from. It's like our personal philosophy of like, we're just not personally better than literally anyone. Mm -hmm. uh, we're all just little like bags of skin that have somehow stayed held together and keep our blood in. And like, we should be really proud of that. <laughs> and like, that's my pride and joy is that all my blood is inside of my body. That's good job, Lonnie. <laughs> Don't worry. Yeah, we just went to cartoon mode in the movie. I know we went to cartoon mode, but it, it is um, it's very it's it's very insightful and and very true in that, man, we are just loose bags of flesh, and <clears throat> this feeling of security that we get through a simple window pane and some two by fours and sheetrock, uh, which you know allows for a level of arrogance, almost to will if I'm I'm unstoppable, undefeatable nothing can harm me is, uh, is pretty crazy. Um, you know, I just, I don't know. I, I love what your dad did. That's fucking awesome. It really is. And, and what a great learning lesson on just understanding where we fit in the world of things. I mean, like, if we want you to know compare- what's crazy? He doesn't even remember it. He I brought it up to him recently. He was like, I don't remember that. I'm like, are you serious? That was like a formative moment in my life. He was like, no, y'all were always stupid. It'd be interesting to see what he thinks the formative moments were for him that he did, where he's like, this was my formative moment. And you're like, huh? I, I taught you something. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't no, remember I that. Cool. <laughs> no, my dad was one of those guys that would be like, oh no, the cat's in the tree. And he's like, have you ever seen a dead cat in the tree? He'll come down. He'll come down. <laughs> dead okay. up there. Yeah. Calm down, man. I love that answer. You ever see a dead cat in a tree? I haven't. Yeah. <laughs> Like I told someone the other day, I said, you know, there are more planes in the ocean than there are submarines in the sky. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what I tell my dad, and my dad hates this joke. Um, my dad will make like a kind of dad level joke, and I'll say, wow, that's so good. You're gonna, with that level of joke, you're going to be a really good dad one day. My dad does not think that's funny. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. That's good. So, I like that. With that level of joke, maybe someday you'll be like a really good dad. <laughs> I think so. I mean, I'm working towards it. I'm working towards a level of dad joke that really sets the, the bar high. Absolutely setting the bar high. Where um, Austin is uh, growing. We're going a little yes. crazy. Uh, there's a lot of different stuff coming in. Uh, you know, famous people are moving here now to escape. There's a mass exodus to California. Did you ever think you would see the day of this mass exodus from California and New York, the way affluent, rich people and companies are leaving the state? Um, I didn't. Um, and I know that past governors in Texas, uh, for example, Lovemore Hayden and Rick Perry did tours and went to other states and met with business leaders and said, yo, come here. Like, we'll make it worth your time. Yeah. Kind of paving the way for a lot of that. 
Um, but no, I never thought it would be quite like this. I understand why it is. Um, and I think a lot of people feel really abandoned by their leadership. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think if you're already in an area with like such high taxes, you're living in that area for a reason, like the quality of life, the talent pool, things like that. But if the talent pool starts leaving and the affluent starts leaving, that really like victimizes a whole population that can't afford to keep that area thriving. And so, God, I, yeah, I know I never thought we'd see any of this, but I think some of the side effects are really negative and long lasting. But hey, some people have been saying uh, it might be affordable to live in San Francisco right now. <laughs> You still can't afford the milk or anything, but you can afford an apartment right now. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, I was just there. Everything's still shut down. It's pretty crazy, but it's, I mean, Rogan does a $100 million Spotify deal. Congratulations. Good for you. Taxes, management, everything else in California, right? That's 30 million bucks. Here, that's about 60. Yeah. I mean, it's just different. You know, it's yeah. just different. Yeah. And, uh, and that is where I think it, you know, it's, it's very, you know, it's, it's like, oh yeah, that's right. Cause there's state, local income tax, right. And then you've got property taxes, which are crazy. David Hasselhoff, you son of a bitch. It's the Hoff 9,000 for those uh, yes. watching along with us. And this is amazing. He's talking. He's talking. I love it. Is there, who was your, um, who's your crush? Who's your, uh, TV star crush when you were a kid? Um, Okay, first I'll tell you who my dad still says was my crush for some reason. Um, do you remember, um, oh my gosh, was it called Golden Years? What the hell was that show Wonder called? Years? Wonder Years, mm -hmm. yes. Um, what's his face from Wonder Years? And I don't know why he says that, but he's like, you were just so in love with him. And I was like, well, I mean, dark-haired nerd, that makes sense. Yeah, um, and the, um, the girl Penny, is that her name? Yeah. Penny? I mean, adult Lonnie likes both of them, so I don't know, yeah. but <laughs> no, Kevin, I don't Kevin. know what you was, but Fred Savage. Yeah, apparently yeah. my dad says that was my crush. Um, I don't remember. I think um, I didn't really start uh, crush crushing until it was like, uh, like teen years, and it was like the usual suspects, like Ethan Hawke type stuff, but I always liked the like really thoughtful, like like now I look back and I'm like, oh, that was a bad type to like because it's like the broken guy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but that's my dad's like an artist, like kind of one of those like unattainable like dark figures. And so I think that's <laughs> what I was always like assuming like I'm like an, a partner looked like. Um, how about you? Who was your who was your cr first crush? Uh, my first crush was uh, I would have to go with the lead seeker of the Bengals. Good one. First crush. Uh, there wasn't a lot of. It was interesting because there wasn't a lot of, um, of stuff, you know, of, of ladies, if you will, because we, we kind of grew up with that young crush, I, you know, I'm older, grew up with that young crush kind of thing, right? So Alyssa Milano was my age, or is my age, right? Punky Brewster. Yeah. So they were the same age. And usually you look at crushes and you're like, oh, that crush is, you know, she's a little bit older or what have you. There wasn't that middle-aged teen or 20 something heartthrob that I can recall in the 80s that wasn't my age. Yeah. I mean, I guess that the Kelly LeBrock weird science. I mean, she was older, though. She was a woman. Yeah. Yeah. But she was something else. She was something else. She was absolutely. Yeah, she was. That weird science was. Um, did you see what? Uh, uh, so let's close out with this couple of things. One, um, movies over kids. Enjoy. Uh, one, I don't know if there's outtakes or anything afterwards, so I'm going to keep rolling online. We'll keep rolling. 
What um, a couple of local spots that you love to go to, you know, we obviously don't want to see any small businesses go away. Some have already gone away. So for the people who are going to be traveling here from uh, Moscow and the Ukraine, where should they, uh, where should they eat or drink? Where are some of your favorite spots? Um, oh my gosh, that's such a good question. <laughs> um, I think El Arroyo is a good staple in Austin that has mm -hmm. been around forever, survived multiple recessions and they provide the comedy for Austin. So I think they're a good representation of Tex-Mex and they're deserving of that uh, oh love. Uh, I don't, we haven't any, we don't really eat, we haven't eaten now in so long, but I don't really know oh. what's even open anymore. But there's some great places in general, like um, down at uh, Town Lake, there are great independent uh, slips that you can go rent a kayak and mm -hmm. go float. And so those still need to be supported and many of them are still open. And since that's an activity you can do. Nice. So, yeah. How about you? What What do you hope does not go away after the COVID? I've been doing a big push on Texas breweries. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I love beer. And uh, the entrepreneurial spirit of it's so hard to make a liquor business in Texas or any Bible Belt kind of area, right? It's yeah. Really the regulations are wild. They're crazy. There's just, you know, for a state that's so free, you can't sell cars on a Sunday and you can't drink before noon. And it's like, it's uh -oh. so weird. Yeah. For a, for a state that's like no regulation and government get out of my backyard. It's like for the sins, it's so overregulated. Yeah. I don't support that. I don't say, yeah. So I just, you know, they're saying if we don't have some sort of opening up, right. And there have been some poor decisions by leadership uh, prior, you know, uh, canceling or deciding to close bars on yeah. the day of St. Patrick's Day, after those bars already ordered all that beer, all that liquor, staffed up, got ready. It's just not, I mean, I understand the protection element, but the writing was on the wall the week prior. Yeah. And so it's, it's, a, it's kind of a fuck you. It's, it's pretty, in my, in my humble opinion, it's very rude to, uh, yeah. to have done that. And then do the same thing on 4th of July, right? So that hit the, the liquor industry and the bar industry very, very hard. Sure. Uh, but they're saying by the end of October, uh, one in three Texas breweries will be gone. Yikes. What's, what's your favorite local that you uh, believe will survive? Uh, Independence Brewing will survive. Stash IPA, uh, Native Texan, um, Hellas. Uh, they'll survive. Austin Beers will survive. Yeah. Um, you've got Infamous Brewing will survive. They've been around for, what, 10, 12 years. They'll survive. Uh, yeah. I think most of our distilleries will because they're shipping out of state as well. And some places are more open than others, obviously, with bars yeah. and what have you. I have a new favorite that's local. I've not yeah. been to their location, so I don't know if their location's any good. But it's Meridian Hive. And they make mead. And it's Ooh. really good. Yum. And they just started carrying it at HEB, even in the cold section. And so it's, uh, they have like a blackberry, or they have a blueberry, a blackberry, a honey, a peach, and something else. But um, I really like ciders, but they're a little sweet. And so yeah. these are just a little more gentle than that. But they're just, I didn't know mead was a thing. But yeah, Meridian Hive in Austin, I, I hope they do really well through the, what you call it. But they used to have tours according to their website. So I'm guessing they do have a cool like brewery situation. I'll have to check it out. I like meats. They can be very good. They're very hard to make, but they can be very good. Uh, you know, there's what, 12 Fox Brewing is out on, you know, the, the Fitzhugh Road or whatever out there in Dripping Springs, right? Just exploding yeah. breweries uh, from 12 Fox to Beerberg to um, Last Ch last Stop or Last last Chance or something like that. Uh, there's quite a yeah. few. So I don't know. I just don't want to see those go away. I understand yeah. how systems work, but at the same time, um, you know, 
I don't know. That's uh, it's tough. Always, always tough to see uh, anything like that happen. Any uh, jobs or, or companies, especially entrepreneurial, right? Where yeah. we, have, we have most of our friends. You know, I think generally speaking, 50 years ago, most of your friends, they worked at the, the aluminum plant or the bank, right? Yeah. Big infrastructure pieces. And so there is a, um, there's a reckoning. My last question for you, because you, you, you just see so much of this on both sides. Do you think there's an opportunity in this reset button to align our hearts and our wallets or our economy? Um, I want to say yes, but I don't. <laughs> I think that's um, overly optimistic. But what I do think is that um, I think the employer-employee relationship has changed a little bit. And I think there is a a new appreciation for each other that maybe didn't exist, but I think it's kind of like right now feels, um, even though it's negative, I'm going to put it in a positive light. It's kind of like going on like, um, like a church retreat. If like you're a religious person, like you go spend the weekend, you focus on your religion, no distractions, like everything's really focused. And then when you come home, you feel real jazzed up on like whatever that retreat was about, whether it's like a meditation retreat or like a, you know, Christian retreat, whatever it is. Right. Mm -hmm. you come home you have these new habits and like you feel really great but over time like the habits don't stick around and then in a couple of years you're like remember when we did that retreat that was really cool like we should do that so i see this time is very similar to that like right now even though it's negative we're kind of in like a like super focus of like what the core of every business is getting things back down to the fundamentals looking at all the processes doing what you can to survive and so i think it's kind of in like a boot camp mode right now and everybody will have really great habits afterwards of like how to like stay close to the core, like focus on the mission. Cause we don't just have COVID. We also have like the cultural awakening, whether you buy into it or not, like things are happening. So I think we're in like that mode and I think we'll have some positive outcomes over time, but I think it is kind of, I think a lot of it will go back to the way it was, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, I just wish, you know, one, I wish we had nonpartisan economists, and other people, you know, there's because yeah. everyone's when someone's losing, guess what? Someone's winning, right? And I don't think yeah. people, we don't we don't get the they don't get the full story. I wish PBS was a little more aggressive with their cartoons, like how to make a bill. It's like, well, what happens when you shut this off? Yeah. You know, it, it's it's very cool and it's honorable that you want to help people with their mortgages and say you don't have to pay them right now or their you know their um, the payment for their office building, whatever it may be. But I don't think the average American or person in Moscow or the Ukraine quite understands that those get bundled up into a bond and there's yep. REITs and there's bonds and those bonds fuel a retirement market. So it's very cool that we did something or something was mandated that saved the lives of elderly people. However, now they're going to starve to death because they don't have any money. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I think that's a great project that like, I don't remember if it was Washington Post or New York Times. And I know those are not the same thing, but it's <laughs> so many years that I can't remember. But there was basically a thing with like the federal budget and you could go in and mess with the lever. So if you like say, okay, I don't believe in welfare. I'm going to cut that out. Well, there's, you know, more money over here. But then now that you said you need more money, let's say you believe like the military needs more money, which, mm -hmm. okay. Does, maybe, obviously. But, like, you go and you push that up. Well, now there's no money for this. Now there's no money for this. And so like watching the levers, kind of like we do in our own businesses, look at the P&L, but like presenting it as a P&L where you could change the physical levers and like make mm -hmm. it look. To me, that was really eye-opening. Cause I mean, you know that instinctively, but then like 
saying, okay, well, reducing that or increasing that does this to the potentials of others, and that's why it's a constant balance. Um, but I do think that, you know, I, as somebody who um, is not always the biggest fan of government in general, um, I think we've done some things that were good short term. I do think we're gonna have to pay for them long term. I don't know that there's an alternative, but it is gonna hurt. It's just, it's just the way it is. That sucks. Yeah. No, it is. It's true. It's it's a bummer. Uh, I would hope that there's and uh, I mean there's smart people out there that can figure this out, but I would hope that they do, or that we do as a society and as as just planet Earth, just um, uh, figure out a, a little better alignment, a, a little better system. Not saying that ours is isn't good for, and I and I think it is. I think the other thing is is that we treat all of this shit like we treat everything else. You know, it's not a relationship. I can guarantee you this. I would put a thousand dollar bet down on this in six months, whoever the mayor of Austin is, whoever's at the city council, they're not going to have a meeting about race relations and how we're doing. They're not going to treat it like a relationship. They're going to treat it like there was a problem. We did these actions. We're done with yeah. this problem. We're moving to the next one. Yeah. And it's, it's not a problem. It's a relationship. And you know, you're in a relationship, you know, how hard relationships are, whether it's kids or, colleagues or husband who is also a colleague you know it's um it takes a lot of work yeah and the question is is uh, and, you know a little bit rhetorical but do we do we want to do that work do we want to do the work of fixing the country while at the same time doing the work of making sure our mental health is good at home and our physical health is good at home and then also do the work of making sure we're a good employee do we want to take on that burden I'm with you. Like I'm crossing my fingers saying, I hope I'm raising better, a better kid that wants extra work so that life can be better. I can also say that, you know, I don't think uh, the majority of our generations that Gen X group has it in them. <laughs> I think they're a little burnt out on shit. I mean, Gen X kind of always identified as uh, don't label me, which is like the total opposite of like the younger millennials. They want all yeah. the labels. Gen X is like, don't label me. You don't know me. And yeah here we are as a nation trying to like figure out how to label each other. And so yeah, Gen X is in a weird spot right now, but yeah, especially when it comes to that, like I think Gen X was born as burnt out, like that's <laughs> kind of like the whole like mentality. So yeah, I don't expect Gen X to be like. Yeah. One, one last question. Cause it just yeah. popped into my head. The government has said a couple of times now and the New York times has published this. We have, crafts that were not, that are not of this world it's 2020 allegedly it's august 8th 2020 <laughs> allegedly allegedly if you believe in time if you believe in time and calendars <laughs> if you believe that this is not a game if you believe this is really happening life is really happening do we close out 2020 with aliens mm. like does trump right before he leaves office let's let's say let's just roll the dice Let's say all the, all the petitions are in, everything's in. Um, the, the polling agencies for the first time are correct. And Biden, <laughs> Biden wins and we have our Democratic Dick Cheney and Kamala Harris. And I don't mean that as a knock. I mean that as a very smart person that knows how to navigate the system to perfection. I don't mean that as a knock, but that's the closest person I can think of that has a background and is smart and savvy. And that will leverage someone in front of them yeah. No. Okay, so what you're saying if so if Trump's on his way out, 
does he drop the mic and say, hey, guess what? Aliens. <laughs> all yep. the alien shit. Yeah, Dark side I of the moon, son. Dark yeah. side of the moon. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know if it'll be this year or in four years, but I definitely think like a whole like declassification will happen. Because think about it, like they're just now willing, like the government proper is just now willing to acknowledge a lot of these. Mm -hmm. And like all the, like anybody who's not like up to date on any of this, just Google like Skinwalker Ranch UFOs. And it's not like this weird tinfoil hat shit. Like it's stuff that the government like has like tons of investment and documentation about. And so it's like, oh, maybe that's, maybe it's not like little like creepy green people walking around. Like maybe they're looking at the technologies and have openly said, we didn't create this. There's no way we created this. We don't have anywhere near this technology, but like we have documentation of it. Here it is. And like yeah. seeing stuff. So I don't, yeah, I hope that Trump like declassifies all of it. Cause like there's already been a trend towards that and it's no longer um, forbidden to think about as a culture and mm -hmm. the government is no longer forbidding themselves from acknowledging. So yeah, I hope so, man. That'd be cool. Yeah, you just imagine he's, he's out there. He's like, okay, I lost. I was a great loss. Probably the best loss that any loss has ever seen as far as a loss goes, which I'm not familiar with losses, but if there was a loss, I guess this is the greatest as I am the greatest. And as uh, Obama gave me that horrible, horrible economy, which I turned into the greatest economy the world has ever seen. And then the China gave us the COVID I'm giving Joe Biden what he deserves aliens and then it's just like he hits a button and our phones just light up and it's like here it is boom 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 alien autopsy they're going in and you're like what the fuck joe and he's like listen have you touched my legs in a pool <laughs> have you rubbed your hands up against my leg hairs have you have you sat in my lap because that's what i like <laughs> i think that's a great place to end it that was perfect <laughs> Just, we went all over the world. We went all over the world as that movie did. That was um, well played. You were the first person to, uh, and we'll be the last person. You were the first person to break the code, and we'll be the last person to break the code. On uh, this is the uh, arguably this is the shortest podcast we've ever done. I think I did one super high where uh, it was like thirty minutes because I couldn't get through it. I tried to do airplane. First, I tried to do it on an airplane, and that didn't work. <laughs> then I tried okay. to do it at the airport, and that didn't work. And so then I was like, "Let's get high, like I'm in a plane." And that really didn't work. <laughs> nice. Good job. High five on that. You like that? Sorry I cracked the code. I actually literally, I knew this was a very short movie, but I, I will tell you before I agreed to do this, I Googled Kung Fury runtime. <laughs> and I was like, yep, this is the one. <laughs> 100%. I love it. Actually, it's a very good movie, folks. Watch it. Check it out. Google's it's telling me what it is. <laughs> nice. Like, I just minutes, asked. Right? And we've got, and their credits roll for about 30 seconds. This is one of those bullshit 31 minutes were five minutes as credits. They didn't give anyone credit, all right? They just did the fucking movie and they hit end. That's, yeah. all, that's all they did. Thank you for coming back and joining. Um, once again, where can people find you, the publication, everything? Yes, uh, theamericangenius.com slash about has all of our brands. And you can find me on Facebook, which is the crappiest social network, but the one I spend the most time on. That's right, folks. So uh, contact her on LinkedIn, hit her up for any sales and marketing that you would uh, like to do, whether it's selling paper or uh, thumbtacks. She really likes those emails a lot. And, uh, and make sure just only sometimes it's fun if you just send her a Calendly link and nothing else because she'll click on it just to find out what's going on because she's got time now because she's working from home. So <laughs> with that said, my friend, Thank you so much. And now, party people, those in Moscow, the Ukraine, Chile, Australia, Canada, Mexico, uh, who am I? France, the French, blocks France, and Italy. All of you, 
please sit back and enjoy as my daughter sings about the first time she took a shit by herself. Ani, thank you so much for everything you do for the community of Austin, the entrepreneurs and everything else. You are wonderful. And uh, I'll talk to you soon, my friend. Thanks for having me. All right. Bye-bye.